Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coach Mark, where were you hiding Rich Newton from us? Oh, uh, it wasn't never, wasn't wasn't hiding rich from you guys. Um, no, not us. Baby. Yeah, yeah, no. It's uh, it was fun to see Rich out there, wasn't it? So, you know, I probably would just I'll probably ask you. I mean, it seemed like everyone got energized seeing six go out there and start playing ball. So that was good to see. He runs in a different style than the other guys you have. It seemed a little bit more violent. Is that mm-hmm. um, you you want to see that? But with his injuries, is it a little concerning as well? Um, well, I mean, that's rich for you. You know, he's on a run, very physical, uh, very violent. That's just who he is. You're not going to take that out of him. It's just now it's just focusing on, hey, take a half a man. You know, don't take a, a man down the middle. You know, and then as there's times where maybe you can get out of bounds or just take a guy and run through his outside shoulder, let's do that instead of just try to run through his face. So, but uh, no, it was fun watching Six play. When he, when he came back to the sidelines, did you talk to him when he came back? And if you did, what was his reaction? Oh, he just had the, the biggest grin. I haven't seen a smile like that on the sideline in a long time, you know, to be honest with you, because it was just seeing, every, you know, everything that he's had to go through, you know, the adversity, and now obviously uh, getting a chance to be rewarded with being able to go into the game and just to really see, I mean, get, t- get tackled live, because he hasn't been tackled live since his injury. You know, that was his first time. It was really during. I mean, he didn't have a live rep in a scrimmage, a practice, or anything. I mean, it was literally that was kind of his way of scrimmaging, basically, and just kind of seeing what he can do. And it's good to have Six back out there. Getting Rich back and getting Sam Adams back this weekend, how much is the dichotomy of the room changing, getting these different kind of guys back? Uh, well, you know, always having depth in your room is always extremely important, especially when the guys are uh, as talented as they are. Um, but now it's just kind of figuring out just really just, you know, the rotation really and uh, what guys do well and uh, just trying to make sure we, we do what's best for our, for our offense and our team. What does Sam do well, Sam Adams? Uh, well, Sam's just versatile. Sam's just, I mean, Sam could pretty much play any position on the football field um, when it comes to skilled players, except for probably the quarterback, unless he was playing at Air Force, right, or maybe running some option. I mean, he's he was like that coming out of high school and, and me just trying to, you know, do my best job to recruit him. And, you know, when he was coming out of high school, I mean, Sam could play anywhere. And that's what makes him, uh, you know, a talented football player. And now it's just still trying to get his legs back underneath him, right, just getting those reps full speed, um, and hopefully getting those live reps moving forward. With all the guys, you, with all the guys you've got at running back, how do they earn reps? I, I mean, if I'm one of those guys and I want more reps, what do I have to do? 
Uh, number one, know the playbook. <laughs> you know, know, know the playbook for sure. It's uh, the guys with the less, you know, obviously that, that don't screw up. You know, obviously you trust them going into the game. So I would say know the playbook and and play hard. You know, the playbook for running back, is it it's It's, a, it's a way more difficult in our offense than I probably would say most. You know, it's because we ask our guys to do everything. We ask them to know formations. We ask them to know shifts. And, you know, you'll get that from other running backs that they'll sit there and say, yeah, that's what they got to know. But do they really? I mean, for us, we do. I mean, you guys have seen it. We, we move our guys all over the place. And it's important to know spacing and just how they tie into route concepts and those things. So um, for us, yeah, they, they need to know what everyone's doing. So it's more than just taking the ball and running the ball. way more than just taking the ball and I you know and for me as a running backs coach I definitely take um, offense to that when that's what people assume you have to tell a running back hey get the ball and this is what you do just give him the ball and just tell him to run now that's it's way more than that and um, you know those guys that also too that become special players um, no matter if they're in college or even at the next level I mean those they're not dumb guys they're very very smart Okay, and we, and we will weed out those guys fast and, and obviously, you know, at the next level as well. Those guys got to know what they're doing. I've had a lot of success the first two weeks. What's worked well? Uh, just the offense is playing together, you know, playing with one heartbeat and just understanding where they fit within the system and uh, just making sure they do their job. So, for you know, for us, I think our guys have been playing uh, playing hard and, you know, obviously they care and we've been able to go out and execute pretty well and, Hopefully, you know, that, that continues. And in terms of Michigan State, what kind of problems do they provide? Oh, man, they're just, they fly around. They do a really, really good job. Obviously, with having a defensive-minded uh, head coach, I mean, it's, obviously, you're, you're, you're going to see it. I mean, obviously, they're going to be, um, they're going to emphasize that, tackling, being physical. And um, that's what we're going to expect on uh, Saturday. How much has Wayne meant as a, as a leader, a graduate, and a guy that stepped into a primary role for the first two games? Um, I think it's probably one of the best things we we have we could have done as a program is bring a guy in like him, um, just because he's just so positive and he works so hard. He cares. He's a great teammate. I mean, there's just so many things that go into it that mean more than just being just a talented football player. So having a guy like Wayne, it, it's meant a lot to our football team. How do you gauge going into a game like Michigan State when you have a number of different running backs that have been involved? How do you gauge you know, who's going to contribute on Saturday? Um, it's just the flow of the game, I would say. That, that, that's a big deal. That's how you, you pretty much just kind of see you know, what they're doing, what they're doing defensively, and obviously what, what the guys are, are really, really good at. And that's kind of how we gauge to see who, who probably plays the most. Coach Shepard. There's no, he is by no means a finished product, but we're certainly working in the right direction. You know, Michigan State's got some pretty talented defensive backs, but they almost seem like they can do a little bit of different things. Chetcher seems like a better coverage guy. Some of the guys seem like a better run stopper. Just what have you seen from their secondary? I think their entire secondary is phenomenal. They do a great job. Um, Coach Tucker, uh, Coach Bark. Harlan Barnett, they do a great job of coaching those guys up. Um, they're physical. They'll tackle you. They got guys in right spots. Uh, number 12, they got them over in the nickel position now. Um, zero uh, transfer kid is, is doing a wonderful job, has shored up a lot of things for them in that secondary. Um, uh, number 15's played a lot of ball. You know, got a chance to coach against them last year. Played a lot of a lot of ball, so he's doing a great job of communicating with guys and making sure they're all lined up appropriately. So I think they just do a wonderful job in the secondary. But that's you know, being in the Big Ten for five years, that's kind of what we come to uh, 
expect from them. You know, Rondell Moore, kid I, I coached at one point. We went up to, to the Sparty Nation, went to their stadium, and, you know, they almost knocked them out of the game. So that's that's the kind of effort and expectation that I, I, I expect from, you know, defenses in the Big Ten. How happy are you with the physicality of your wide receivers right now? Yeah, I tell you what, uh, I preach it and I talk about it quite frequently. A lot of it is pertaining to, you know, I want them to play to the, the way that I coach. You know, I think if most people come out here and, and are at practice, I think they'll hear my voice probably the first and last uh, of the practice. So I want to hear the pads popping from the first play to the last play. So that's the kind of attitude I want them to have every day. And there's sort of an expectation amongst them, you know, hey, I'm going to take care of my brother. So then guess what? If you take care of your brother, I'll take care of you and get you to football. So that to me is what allows us to have more success out there blocking on the perimeter. The word divas and wide receiver seems to be synonymous quite a bit. A lot of them, you know, just aren't going to want to do what you want them to do. How do you get a wide receiver who wants to catch touchdown passes to block? Competition breeds uh, what you want. So you got to have a room that's competitive. And if you see, uh, we've got one, two, three, four, four, at least four different receivers have caught touchdowns in games, um, maybe five. Uh, but a lot of guys have caught touchdowns in games. So, um if you don't do, if you don't block, you don't play. I mean, it's pretty simple. And we're ever always rotating guys in different positions and whatnot. So I think that competition really helps breed that. And over the course of my career, I've just done a good job of making sure coaching up enough guys that, you know, that we got plenty of guys out there who can, who can potentially go in the game. Is there maybe one play from the last game that we could go back and look that really jumped out at you as one of your wide receivers being physical that we may have missed? Is it one that jumps out? I mean, nothing jumps out right off the top of my head. It's just, I mean, when we block on the perimeter, I just want it to be an attitude um, of gratitude. I just want them to be grateful that they get the chance to be out there blocking on the perimeter. And at the end of the day, they could be back home with some of their buddies that aren't getting a chance to play college football, all right? So would you rather be making that block in front of 70,000 or would you rather be sitting on the couch putting a cheeseburger to your mouth uh, in front of your television? So right now, I think they'd rather be out here in front of 70,000 making a block even if they're not catching a pass. Hey, did you coach Malik Carr? I did coach Malik Carr. So was he so. in your room? Because yes, I know he was. he's a converted wide receiver. Yes, he was. Tell me about him. Malik Carr, uh, great kid. He has a great family. I uh, recruited him out of Detroit. Um, he came to he came to me to play both football and basketball. Was a wideout and uh, learned a lot of technique and understanding how to play the receiver position. And uh, you know, played for me as a true freshman. Very athletic kid. He's big. He's a big kid now. He's a big guy. And um, he's a, he's a really good kid. And he just. You know, right now, I think they've got him playing more tight end uh, than what we had him at when he was here. So I haven't really had a, a great opportunity to see him play a ton of tight end. Caught a couple passes against us last year when we played against him. But nonetheless, great family, good kid. Is it in this world where transfer portal guys move around and, and you're taking a job out in Seattle, is it going to be kind of fun to, to maybe shake hands with him before the game and say, hey, fancy seeing you here in, in Husky Stadium? Well, he's already tried to call me and text me, and, and mom, his mom have already tried to communicate with me. And, uh, you know, typically it was very similar last year. 
I usually don't respond. <laughs> and and then after the game, that's when I will embrace them. Um, I'm sorry that I'm like that. That's just me. I'm a competitor. Um, it's it's not. It, I totally love the kid, his family. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm worried about Husky football. I want to give us the best opportunity uh, to to win the game. And um, I know if I have the mindset of a of a killer, then I'm going to help instill <laughs> that. So I don't want anything to soften that killer mentality. So I, I just can't do it. I just that's just my mindset. Hugs after the game. <laughs> Here we go. Um, <laughs> hey, what about last year? You know. When you were at Purdue, you were one of only two teams to beat Michigan State. Uh, what did you guys do right that was able to, to kind of move the ball up and down the field against that defense? I think our guys just executed at a high level. Um, had a young man out there in David Bell who performed at an extremely high level. I mean, went for over 200 yards in the game. Uh, we were physical. I mean, our guys, my, the wideouts were physical during the game and and found ways to just win one-on-one matchups. So I think that at the end of the day, um, if our guys, we got to do a great job of executing on, on, on Saturday. There's no question about it. If we execute at a high level, and I know that just sounds like coach talk, but, you know, it really truly is about how well we execute it's not really about them it's about ourselves and if we do it the right way then i think our guys will go out there and perform the way that people will be proud of does this feel like a big game because it's the next game because it's the next game i know that's correct. the one and no mentality leads mm-hmm. to that right correct does that does this feel like uh, really easy to get excited about knowing who's coming in here you know, one of our offensive linemen said it today, but, uh, you know, th- he said it. This is the next game, guys. All right. There's a certain standard at which we want to play at, period. I don't care who walks into the stadium. I don't care if DePaul University, where I went to school, so I can <laughs> say that. I don't care if they walk into the stadium. We have a standard that we want to play at, and that standard is the only thing that matters, okay? And if we do that and play at that standard, then – Everything else will take care of itself. At the end of the day, I think uh, the Husky fans, who we love, they, they, I'm so proud of our fans and how they come out. I think that they will be proud of us because we go out there and execute regardless of the, of the result of the game. They want to see guys go out there and play their tails off, and I think that's what fans want to see. The reality of it is no one wins every game. I mean, there's only one team that wins every game. But our fans want to see guys go out there and fight until the finish, and that's what we're going to do. So, Coach, I know that you keep a tally, right, your yards versus the receiver's yards. So what was it on Saturday? Did you outgain them? I, you know, I was ready for you earlier in the week, but I was at about 100. and They had 135 yards. I know that. I didn't score any touchdowns, so unfortunately – but I had about 178 yards, I want to say it was, right in that neighborhood. I think they had 135. So, you know, I think I'm probably leading the Bolitnikoff watch right now uh, with my numbers for the past two weeks. I think uh, McMillan's 84-yard touchdown probably helped. See, that helped him out. That helped the wideouts out a lot, you know. And I told him when he came to the sideline, I said, hey, you got a lot of yards that time. Uh, I didn't get very many. Giles did a good job of getting some yards. Uh, You know, Yak is important. I mean, like I said, I think – you know, between all the offensive minds that we have here, between all of us, I mean, we can find a way to get successful plays out there. Um, it's just a matter now, once we get the ball in your hand, can you, can you do anything with it? I know Michigan State was last in the nation last year in, in yards allowed. They also played five of the top 13 passing offenses. So, like, when yeah. you, you know, when, yeah. when you take an objective look at this secondary, what, what do you see? 
I see some long body guys. No, uh, number 33, uh, the guy that came in for number three uh, in this past game, uh, he's long, physical. Um, uh, I see the, the two corners, uh, nine and and six are, are bigger guys. I mean, they got some length to them. And even zero, he wants to hit you. I mean, so that to me, of all things in their secondary, their physicality, it really stands out on film. Thanks, Coach. No doubt. Hey, just one more question. Yes, sir. You know, just right here. I was sitting about right here, and uh, <laughs> uh, one of your freshmen, you know, when I talked about physicality, uh -huh. Denzel Boston on the pass interference on the fade, he was getting kind of roughed up, and he got pissed and took the guy down. Uh -huh. It was the next play. And he handed off, and he, and he looked like he tried to run over the guy. Is, is, is that Denzel? Is that, is, is that is that Denzel or is that Coach Shep coaching Denzel? <laughs> how much of that was Denzel? I'm going to give credit where credit's due. That's Denzel. Denzel, he is a tough son of a gun, man. That kid right there, he hates to get held. Like, when you talk about somebody who hates to get held, some people, some people, like, want to complain about getting held. He wants to do something about it. He wants to make you know don't freaking hold me, okay? Like, don't even think about holding me. I'm not going to cheap shot or cheap, do anything cheap to you, so you better not hold me. And he takes it personal. He takes it personal. He really does. Did you see that? I did. Just, I saw the whole thing. It I loved it. Oh, yeah, on film. We're all talking about it on film. He runs the guy over. He doesn't, I mean, I love it about the kid. Honestly, within the other receiver group, I have shown film. I mean, if you watch the film, I mean, he's downfield blocking the guy, going in tussles all throughout the game. So uh, that's Denzel. That, I mean, that's him. He is a – he's got a mean streak to him. He really does. Coach Proctorfield, um, Coach, just wanted to get your overall thoughts on how you feel like your uh, your group has done through uh, two weeks so far. I think they're working hard. You know, I think uh, I think they're playing hard. I think they're playing physical. I like, I like the track that they're on. Yeah. And obviously this is going to be the – toughest uh, test today in terms of the sheer physicality of the thing. Um, what are the, some of the things that you can do or have been doing maybe during fall camp to kind of uh, approach this game? I just think it comes down to winning the physical battle up front. I, I don't think you have to do anything above and beyond playing physical, playing sound technique, and, um, and being able to bonus up. You know, But I think just in terms of um, them matching or exceeding the physicality up front, I think that's what it's going to take. You know? With well, MJ, does it feel like now is the time where maybe you know he had a couple games where he could start to get comfortable, start to maybe trust that he's healthy again, and now you can kind of cut him loose? Yeah, that was the plan for for the first couple of games was to just to to build confidence in 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 the injury, and he's he's responded, and it's it's it, he's he's hundred percent. So it's uh, you know he'll he'll definitely be a big factor in what we do. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, we talked about it in, in, in fall camp, and you talked about what a big deal he could be because mm -hmm. he's such a big guy. He can occupy a couple different blockers. Yep. He can do a lot of those types of things up front. In the short amount of reps that he has gotten in the first two games, have you started to see some of those things emerge? Yeah, I think the first game he was just knocking off the rust. It wasn't all clean. Second game, he's getting closer to where he was uh, before he got you know hurt. And then now that he's 100 back, 100%, the, the last couple of games and the practice has helped him kind of get back to form so it's been good what are some of the things that maybe you still see in him that's like yeah yeah no that's that's the other side of the line you need we need to focus on other things full work yeah. I think just the full work stuff but uh, it's not the physicality it's not the willingness just some technical stuff really more so full work than anything else 
In terms of Michigan State, obviously they have shown themselves traditionally to be a, a power team, uh, a Big Ten team that kind of relies on on that kind of uh, that kind of ability, and they've obviously had really good running backs in the past. With them changing out, and they have a, a back that Washington has seen last year in Broussard. What what have you seen in their run game that you, that you feel they do really really well? I think they work good uh, as a unit, O line wise. I think together they they've worked together, and, and you can see that they're on the same page. I think they got two good backs, um, two different backs, but two good backs. You know, Berger and Broussard. I think they're good complementary backs. And one more power, one more shifty. Uh, but I just think the, I think as a as an offensive line, I think they work really well together, and I think they're they kind of know what they're doing. So it's. Is there anything that you saw either in in, in the way Kent State approached things or the way Portland State approached things that you can use from those games when uh, when game planning for Michigan State? No, I think it's, it's different animals, right? But I think the run game is the run game. It's about being fundamentally sound, playing physical up front, and then. Um, you know, being able to just be on the same page uh, in your run fits. But, no, I just think it's three different teams, you know, and then three different run games. Right. Um, and so just being more fundamental, technically sound, and, and then obviously just winning a physical battle. We obviously got a chance to see a ton of players uh, this last Saturday. We got to see uh, Parker, <coughs> got to see Brad McGannon, mm-hmm. got to see uh, COC. You know, tell me a little bit about the younger guys and where you see them in their development right now. Yeah, I think they're – is where they're rather developing, you know. But you know, I told them at the beginning, if there's a chance to put you in, I'm putting you in. And so it's not, you know, getting game experience, getting some game reps under your belt only boosts confidence. Uh, but I think Javon is on a great track. I think um, for a freshman, he does some really good things. I think Ciosi's finally learning to be physical. Um, and I think Bradley's um, Bradley, Bradley's a smart player. He's just, you know, with fundamentals and stuff, he's he's uh, he's kind of getting right right now. But. You know, they're all doing a great job for us right now on the scout team. There's really good looks. Um, and to reward them, if there's a chance to get guys in, you know, I'll get them in. Are, are there, is there any signs through these first two games that you're looking at some of those younger guys and going, okay, we can maybe see more than four games from them this year? Yeah, they're all, they, oh, they got to be ready, right? That's the depth, right? So, you know, you never know what's going to happen down the road, so they got to be ready. And, you know, either either of the three can be ready to, and I'm, I'm, I'm planning on if something happens, you know, Somebody's got to be ready to go, but they, all three have a chance to, to to have a shot if something happens. Yeah. And, and with Fatui, I mean, how, are you, uh, how do you feel like where he's at, maybe even health-wise and, and, and ramping up to oh, a game like this? Health-wise, 100%. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a vet. You know, he's, um, he's a guy you trust. He's a guy that um, will be in the right spot. I mean, he, he'll get guys lined up, plays with good fundamentals and technique. Um, so it's a guy that put him on the field, I feel good that he's going to get the job done and and he can, um, you know, make sure everything's sound. Now I'm going to hit the wayback machine and go all the way back to college because you know that you've been here in some big games when you played with Portland State. What do you remember about this place when it when it starts to rock a little bit? Uh, when I was at Oregon State, um, you know, we we, we played actually it was a pretty good game back here in '98. Came down to the last, went for two on it, and, you know, and it, this place it was it was awesome. I mean, it was a really good atmosphere, man, and I'm looking forward to to seeing that. You know, have you? Talk to your guys about kind of your uh, experiences with it when you were in college and, and kind of the understanding of what this place can be like when it's ready to go? No, I think they've been, you know, some of the older guys have been around big games. Um, the way the way I look at it is I just told them, I said, it's, it's only a big game. It's the next one on the schedule. You know what I mean, and the bonus is you get a great atmosphere to play in. But, you know, it's don't make it bigger than it is. It's it's uh, it's just the next opponent, and we get a chance to 
to play a game, and just so happens it's a good place to be rocking. So that's just a bonus for us. Is that have you noticed that you're having to maybe rein your guys in just a little bit more than than you would normally because maybe they feel the the import of the game or, or no. how important it could be? No, I mean, I don't approach any team differently. I think it's whether it's Portland State, Kent State, or Michigan State. We just, we just go to work, and, and no matter who it is, you know, I, I'm sure they have a sense of, you know, the atmosphere. But you know, it's, I think they they're smart enough to know that, you know, we just got to make sure we're we're doing the right things and and um, just make sure we're ready what we're doing. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coach, just, uh, you know, I just asked you this question, but uh, talk to me a little bit about things you know with your guys how, how do you feel you're progressing at that spot yeah i mean i think the guys are uh you know what i mean they're in they understand the process now a little bit better and have done a good job i think just uh you know what i mean day by day type of deal where mm-hmm. hey every day you're trying to you know inch by inch get a little bit better and i think they've bought into that and uh they understand that hey not only physically but mentally mm-hmm. it's very important every saturday that they're in a good spot and that they're driving it for us and and, and doing a good job of of communicating with the front so i you know i've been pleased there we got uh we got some work to do yet just as far as uh you know with our preparation this week but i think our guys are uh you know i mean they're they're really intentional in everything they're doing and, and the uh, the desire and the the want to and you know they want to they want to go out there and they want to do a really good job so from one week to the next we saw the difference in the guys being able to tackle a little better is that I know you can't go live in practice as much as maybe they did back in our day when we were when we were playing football. Does that help that they've now had a game, a live game, to get guys down? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you look at you know the first week we missed uh, we missed the quarterback quite a bit, and I just think it's guys like you know you maybe get lulled to sleep a little bit in practice, and and uh, you got to be able to come to balance on some of those opportunities, and and we're just you know the quarterback makes a move and we fly right by him, you know, type of deal. And, and he's not just going to be a stationary guy standing back there for you to be able to hit. So I just think, you know, working on some of those things and just getting guys, you know, um, some game reps, I think just starts to build confidence with them. You know what I mean? They start getting in those situations now and learning from it. And, and uh, I just thought from, you know, week one to week two, uh, I mean, probably just as athletic of a guy. You know what I mean? I think that was the one thing that we were like, hey, man, this not going to be any different this week than it was week one. We got to do a better job when we get opportunities to be able to get them on the grass. Yeah. Um, from Michigan State, their quarterback isn't necessarily a quote unquote runner. He can still move around though. But what do you see from from what they do up front and what's going to make things tough on your guys? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously, uh, you know, I mean, the best offensive line that we've seen to date off of it. I think all those guys work well together. They do a good job of uh, you know you can tell communicating, mixing up protections, things like that. So. 
Um, you know, and I and I think that you know, I mean, the quarterback's he's adequate with his feet. Like he'll he'll pull it enough in some of the read game and stuff to keep you keep you honest. He'll you know, in certain situations, you've seen him run for 15, 20, you know, what I mean, yards. So it's not like he's just a guy back there that can't move his feet and buy time and, and get first down. So uh, I just think been very impressed just with you know the way they run their stuff and and uh, you can tell that you know what I mean like it's. They have an offense, and they, uh, you know, I mean, one play complements the next play, and they, they got, they have answers for things that you're trying to do. So, I mean, it's going to come down to us just being able to, you know, I mean, do a good job of reading our keys, getting our cleats in the ground, starting every play right, and then just, you know, playing with with a lot of desire and effort every single play. We we've talked a lot about the four guys in the main rotation, but saw Maurice Himes, Sakai, uh, and Sakai last weekend. So, just talk about their progress. Yeah, I mean, I think those are the two guys now that we've really tried to, uh, you know, what I mean, groom and, and try to give them as as much of the of the game week opportunity as we can, and just kind of give them the, you know, the chance to see what they can do. And then, you know, I feel like Sakai's made some really good steps here in a short amount of time. Obviously, it's a lot different. I think, you know, what I mean, as far as him just lining up and playing before and not really having to, you know, what I mean, do as much communicating and and there's not probably as many calls and things like that in the playbook. So he's He's really, you know, I think really, uh, you know, I mean, thoughtful in, in what he's trying to do. Like, he'll spend a lot of time working. It it really hurts him if he makes a mistake. So you love guys like that where, hey, man, like, they're doing everything in their power to get it right, and when they don't get it right, it bothers them, you know. So I think he's just – he'll be a guy that just, as he continues to, to get reps, he'll evolve and, and gain more confidence. So, uh, did, and when you watched the film and how they reacted to things, did – did you react? Did they react better than maybe you thought they would? Yeah, I mean, I think they've done a good job in practice. Like those guys have shown. I think it's, you know, we feel like, hey, there's, there's four really good players up there. You know, what I mean, right now, it's not like where it's a deal where, hey, those guys are, are not uh, performing or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's kind of what you want if you want to have a, a championship quality football team. Then you know, what I mean, there's got to be competition at all levels and. Sometimes you'll have some good younger players that, you know what I mean, at one time here, at, at one, one, one day here, they're going to be, you know what I mean, really, really good. It's just right now they're stuck behind some other guys that are older, that are more seasoned, that, you know what I mean, are good players, you know, in their own right. So I think that's just the case for those guys right now. Um, you know, I, I just think, you know, I mean, week one, it was, you know, go out there and just run around and, you know what I mean, play hard. And I thought week two was a lot more calculated. Um, you know, just a lot more comfortable, uh, did a lot of the little things, I think, just, you know, I mean, it, I just think the first week it's like go out there and sometimes you can, uh, you know, I mean, lose your lose your mind a little bit, I guess, just kind of, he's just out there running around playing. I thought week two it was, you know, I mean, he was eyes in the right place, you know, I mean, doing his job, and, and, and then obviously he plays really, really hard. Like his motor is is elite and I think that's something that uh that needs to continue there and and uh, I just thought he was just looked more polished week two than he did league week one coach Inge can you how how quickly has he learned everything when it comes to technique and understanding what he's looking at for a guy who played some defense in high school but hadn't played in a couple of years he's been good uh, in his learning we're talking about M- MJ Ale uh he's been good in his learning thus far Probably the one thing that I think that's been really good is seeing how he's been trying to get with Coach Inoke and some of the other guys in the room one-on-one looking at some techniques, studying some techniques, understanding how to practice those techniques. Thank you. Thank you. Coach, when you talk about MJ, do you feel like was this the time where you can ramp him up? Now he's comfortable, he's trusting his leg, everything's good. He got a few reps in the games, and now 
this was the weekend you were really going to try to cut him loose? Yeah, it's one of those scenarios where you still have a progress, a process that you still have to go off of. But he's in a scenario now where his comfort level is where it needs to be. His body is like you want it. And now he's just got to continue to keep going and playing. And with your guys inside, especially with Cam and, and Christopher, you know, being newer guys, having to learn the, the you know, just the, the, the nomenclature, I guess you could say, the, the terminology, do you feel like they're now at a position where they can start to really play fast and cut it loose, or are they still maybe thinking from time to time about things? Well, the one thing that we always want to do is have our system be so simplified that any player can come in the football game and play fast. That has to be a requirement. Uh, we have a little saying, if you're thinking, you're stinking. So, <laughs> so, so you, so you got to make sure you can go play fast. But I think that every day that they go on, it gets better and better and better and more simpler for them. Yeah. Have you heard at all stories from, from either former players or guys that you have leaned on that, that you're learning about Washington history? Have you, have you gotten a feel for what this place could be like on Saturday? Yes. Uh, you, you, when you hear some of the stories, we know coming from some other places, yeah. we know exactly what it should be like. Yeah. So we can't wait to, in a sense, to truly be in the middle of it and be on the correct sideline. I was just curious, <laughs> when, when you talk about maybe – you revamping the culture or instilling the culture the way you want it. You know, we've seen it where with Coach Peterson, he always talked about maybe when he talked to CEOs in private industry and things like that, it would take maybe up to 18 to 24 months to really get to the point where he, they felt everybody trusted the culture and the systems and everything else that were in place. And we've seen, you know, games where it took him seven games before he beat a ranked opponent at Washington. It took Steve Sarkeesian two. It, it seems that it could be very different depending on maybe just how how the breaks of the ball go, I guess. Correct. But so how, how what's your sense of, of, of how you guys feel like you're coming into this game? Well, we feel pretty good because the biggest thing that we've done from our standpoint is make sure we keep the finger and the thumb pointing at us and keep the focus on us. There is a standard that our players know that they have to play to, yep. and we know that you, when the ball is snapped, you got to go attack and do your job. But the biggest thing when it comes to the culture, we've literally been focused on loving our players as, as good as we can, showing them how much we care for them and how well we want them to be able to play on Saturdays. How difficult has it been in the past for you guys to play with noise? Because obviously it's gonna be, it should be very loud on Saturday. I talked to Carson Bruner about it. He says the communication's got to be on point. Our hand signals have got to be straight. We've got to get all that stuff done. What, how has that been like for you guys in the past as a staff when you've had to deal with those types of things? Yeah, well, on defense, historically, that's something you always have to be ready for. Uh, so we've been preparing for these moments. Most of our, for all of us, most of our time, most of our career in coaching, yeah. because it's been like that for your home games. You know, the defensive players, you love playing on the road because some of the communication can be a little be, be a little easier because usually the, the, those fans aren't going to be screaming when the offense is on the field. Right. So, but when you're playing at home, you have to make sure that you have your system like you want it. The communication has to be like it more, more the nonverbal hand signaling when you're playing at home. And obviously, having known you now for a number of months and, and gotten a sense for your energy and enthusiasm for the game, I would have to assume that the energy and enthusiasm in your room is at a high right now. Do you? I know you try to take every game on its face, and you and you don't try to get too high or too low about these things. But are you getting the sense that maybe you're having to rein these guys in just a touch instead of having to maybe push them into a big game? No. The the one philosophy I have in my room is I'd rather say woad and sick them. Yeah. So we always want to be on the edge and pressing. 
Uh, and the one thing that we love about this game is it is the biggest game because this is, it is the next game. Yeah. And that's the approach that we've always had in coaching. And I think when you approach it like that, you can keep the guys kind of at an even keel when you're coming to a game. Because the one thing we taught our guys, you, you don't try to do too much. You've already been preparing, so you prepare the same way. You perform the same way. Uh, you have the same level of expectation that you have, and now you got to go make your plays when you're at the point of attack. Is that the added benefit to having guys like, like Cam Bright and Chris Moll in the in the room now, and mm -hmm. knowing that they've been in these situations a lot, and they can maybe help guide some of the younger kids that that maybe have been in it a couple times, but don't have a real wealth of experience in that area? Yeah, it, it's it definitely helps when you have some individuals that have been in big game experiences, and also there are other guys in the room that have been in these games where they played at. What is a year ago when they played at Michigan? Right. So they have played in these games. Now just go play because you find out the opponent. They put their shoes on just like you do. They have to tie up their uniform just like you do. So we have to just be great when it comes to having the focus on us, managing our jobs on every given play. And just give me your general take on what you've seen from uh, from Michigan State as you game plan. A uh, very physical team, well balanced and they're going to try to overwhelm you at the point of attack, let the running backs do their jobs and, and make you miss. They're always trying to fall forward. You can tell as a defensive, having a defensive head coach, they want to do their job of being able to control the clock and understanding how to win football games. And, and you can see why they've experienced success because when you push play, that's exactly what you see. Yeah. Do you get the sense that they're kind of approaching this game the same way you guys are in the sense that they were dominant in their first two games, but yet you still feel like there's a lot left on the bone. There's still a lot yeah, left yeah, there yeah, that yeah. you can see. Yeah, and, and that's an element that most great teams are going to do. You're going to be able to have some things in your pocket. Yeah. And also, real quick, I always I always love this because one of the first times I talked to you, you talked about if, if the defense was doing its job, you're going to see 11 goons going after the ball. Are you, are you Have you seen that after two games? Yes. We can tell that our goon meter is getting higher. Uh, each play and, and as you get through each game. And a lot of that just comes with the comfort level of the players on the football field. Yeah. But that's the thing that we have to have. you got to have 11 goons pursuing actively and aggressively to the ball because in the end of the day, Everybody wants to do what we do until it's time to do what we do. Of course, I got to ask about this goon meter. Is it? Are you simply basing that on pursuit, or are there other maybe uh, factors yeah, that there, go into it? There are some other inside parameters that that that, that the guys have, and it's usually what you want is your detriment to the team. Uh, are you pursuing so aggressive that if I don't beat you there? I'm going to meet you there. Okay. That's how you have to think. Got Coach uh, Juice Brown from uh, Washington. And, you know, Coach, just tell me, you know, how do you feel about your guys? First of all, I, you've gotten a little thin. you got, got some guys that have been dinged up. But uh, tell me how things are going out there at corner. Yeah, things are going good. You know, the one thing, those guys learn every position. So we have guys that can play multiple spots. But things are going good. The kids are competing. Uh, they study and they're working hard. So excited to watch him go battle again this week now we've talked to um you know julius about his move and everything like that what did you see in him that that made it so that you thought he could be a good fit out there at corner? uh he's he can run he's physical uh he, he's a competitive kid you know and it's just teaching him really seeing the ball and seeing it from a different angle um but really really liked how he ran thought he had physicality he was good in man coverage and so i think the transition's been pretty smooth for him um as far as what you've seen from the, I watched the Michigan State uh, West Western Michigan game and uh, saw some big receivers making some some pretty impressive catches. So, uh, what what do you guys see from these guys and the way they run their routes and their wide receivers? They run really good routes. They're big. They're strong. They're fast. They know how to win. You know, if you look at them, I mean, 
whatever they they got two losses in the last two years so the guys know how to play and i think they do a heck of a job competing for the 50 50 ball so you know we're gonna have to keep them covered up and then when the ball's thrown up to them because it will be thrown up to them we got to go through and we got to play physical through their hands and make a play on the ball go ahead uh, you know that you watch you watch film on them. That's that's the one thing that continues to stand out is they win a lot of 50-50 balls. I mean, Western Michigan. You watch that game. That was really the difference in the game. Those guys just started making plays and taking ball the balls out of the air, and they start getting yards and big chunks. So uh, it'll be a heck of a test. Okay. So uh, you know, as far as you guys uh, supporting the run. Um, I know that everybody talks about cornerbacks being more of the cover guys, but they also got to be the ones who get that outside leverage to keep things funneled back inside. How are you guys doing in that realm? They're, they're a physical group, so they, they don't shy away from contact, which is one thing I really like. And they like mixing it up in the run. So it'll it'll be another another good test for them. Um, you know, when guys get stuck to the boundary, they get stuck to the field. It's going to be one-on-one in open space, and you got to tackle big backs. you got to wrap them up and get them on the ground. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.